Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from a galaxy far, far away, I'll be your Imperial host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, he's Endor's only red-headed Ewok, my co-host, John Paul Ellis. How's it going, buddy? Uh, David, 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 I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? I gotta tell you, you have the deepest voice for an Ewok I've ever heard. Oh, do I? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a compliment. <laughs> I, I'm, goes on Endor. I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna tuck it into my little hip satchel, your little fur as pouch? an Ewok, and walk away with that in style. You gonna Ewok so away you. with it? I'm, oh, damn it! Yeah, yep, we're starting already. Oh boy, <laughs> this will be a long one, ladies and gents. <laughs> Get and, ready uh, for this. And our very special guest this episode, he's a dignitary visiting from the Tuscan Raiders. It's Matt Barron. Welcome back to the show, buddy. <laughs> er, er, er. <laughs> there he is. Oh, my God. I, I think he's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's my best Tuscan Raider. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you just <laughs> fell and hurt yourself. You sound like the lady that fell when she was stomping grapes. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as you could still breathe, I think you're fine. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Ladies and gents, if you could not piece it together, we are kicking off a Star Wars celebration this month. Uh, we will have multiple episodes covering different uh, series and, and different themes and different tones of uh, some of the Star Wars spinoff uh, things that have come out over the years. So we're going to be covering quite a, a span of time in anticipation of Star Wars The Force Awakens opening on December 18th, which you probably already have your ticket if you're listening to this show, but we're going to prep you with some other uh, stuff from the Star Wars universe. So tonight we are going to kick things off with an 80s cartoon called Star Wars Ewoks. And uh, to walk us through some of the history, we're going to go back to our foreign dignitary, Matt Barron, who's going to take you through a little bit of the background on this one. All right. So Star Wars Ewoks uh, is an American and Canadian animated television series featuring Ewok characters, uh, which were introduced in Return of the Jedi. But the um, episode actually takes place, I believe, before. Um, But it aired for two seasons in 1985 and 1986. Lasted for about 35 episodes. Uh, they were produced by Nelvana uh, on behalf of Lucasfilm and were broadcast on ABC. Um, and I guess it was actually part of uh, the Ewoks and Droids Adventure Hour. Uh, Star Wars Droids was a, uh, a guilty pleasure of mine, I have to say. <laughs> but the first season uh, was simply advertised uh, as Ewoks, uh, but the second season was the all-new Ewoks. Yeah, and as far as the Droids Adventure Hour, I, uh, Sean, I don't know if you have the episode number on hand, but we did recently cover uh, Star Wars Droids, too. We kind of jumped the gun, and that was kind of a teaser to our Star Wars December month, but it wasn't too long ago. You guys can go back and check uh, the episode listening. We'll even have a link to it up on the show page at the end, because we did cover that one, and it was pretty crazy. Um, and it's good to note that Nelvana also did, they did both of them. So they had that right. full Star Wars Adventure Hour of both droids and Ewoks, and what an adventure it was! It Get was ready! an adventure, for sure. Oh, boy. Speaking of adventure, Sean, buddy, what's, uh, what's this series all about? Well, uh, I wanted to tack on a little bit about history, is that sure. these shows came out... It was very specific and related to Ewoks because there were two live-action Ewoks movies that came out... There was uh, the battle Li- for hold on, hold on live action Ewoks. Movies? There were live action. These were live nowhere. action. Oh really? Yeah, I think we mentioned it the last time, but the live action part I think went over my head. Uh, I thought they were just more animated things. These were a big deal to me growing up because they it was a uh, Ewoks the battle for Endor and mm-hmm. Ewoks Adventure 
Caravan of Courage. Oh, I do remember you talking about that. And they were fantastic. I remember going over to a friend's, like a sleepover that a friend was having when I was in elementary or middle school, and he had them. We watched both of them, and it was such an awesome continuation of the universe. And actually, one of them had a, a pretty dark tone. Uh, especially in the beginning of it, that was a little bit shocking. I don't think that I kind of really understood it when I was younger mm. uh, to the fullest extent, but it, it was, needless to say, it was a little dark. And I can appreciate that now as an older human, uh, as but a young, young boy. Live action, went, so, they wouldn't, so they wouldn't, you know, unless we made an exception for this particular show. Probably not some, nothing that we would cover in the future. I don't think that it's anything that we would cover. Okay. When, we, when we do our. Our podcast we eventually that's do our about live Star shows. Wars. You guys can come yeah. watch, watch with us. Yeah, exactly. It's we'll have a, a little slumber party and reenact yeah. Sean's childhood. Oh, no, that would be a bad idea. Well, since you're talking about that, uh, before we get into the series synopsis, what is your, Sean, your memory of this particular cartoon? And then, Matt, I want to throw it over to you once Sean's done. Uh, sure. Because I personally don't remember watching this one at all. I, I must have watched this at some point because in doing some of the research for the show in the last couple of days, I, I know that I emailed both of you today. There was a toy that I had that I remember receiving on uh, one Christmas, and it was the Ewok family hut. And they, they sort of had these little Ewoks characters, and there was one where you would put Wicket into a glider. And I don't, they kind of had like a little peg that was at the bottom. Can you explain what an Ewok looks like for someone who's never, maybe never seen one? Sure. It is a, a, like a baby, anthropomorphic baby bear. Okay. Pretty good. I think it works for me. And they, they, they have little, they have spears and they, they speak in a, in a very specific language. Although we should note that they are speaking what in the Star Wars universe is called basic, Mm -hmm. which is the English language. So the English language, everybody. Is just basic compared to the grand scheme of the universe, and uh, and compared to Ewokies, apparently, right? Yeah, that's so enough to make I, you I, feel I, small. Yeah, we're just a bunch of basic <laughs> bitches over here. Just a bunch of basic <laughs> bear bitches. So we, I, I, I must have watched this at some point, and my my parents, I guess you know, had watched it with me to a certain extent, to the point where there was a Christmas where I know that I received this Ewok family hut and played with it for tons and tons of years. So that's really my only memory or nostalgia. So it was kind of fun to look back at some of these old toys that they had that were online. So those advertisements are priceless. Those blonde bowl cuts on those kids on the front of that packaging. (laughs) Oh, man. It's worth the Google search, everyone. But Matt, Matt, did did you have a... Yeah, actually, um, I watched this series. um, I mean, it it had to have been in syndication, um, but it was definitely like late 80s, early 90s. you know, and I I only remember it like vaguely, but only because I was like super obsessed with Star Wars as a kid and much more like, you know, manageable now through medication and therapy. But, you know, I can uh, I I could not tell you a single thing about, you know, watching the show as a kid, only that I remember doing it because it was affiliated with Star Wars. And I was right. like, you know, I mean, it's a it's not to like get into it early but it really is like a kid's show versus like something that you could kind of port into your early teens you know yeah definitely i think it 
since I didn't know really what this was about, except obviously Star Wars and Ewoks coming into it, I didn't know what to expect as far as tone or what kind of stories we were going to get or how close it was to droids. But to kind of walk us through what the show is actually about, I'm going to turn it back over to Sean, who's going to give you the synopsis. So the series focuses on the adventures of Wicket and his friends on the forest moon of Endor during the years before the events of Star Wars Episode VI, Return of the Jedi. Unlike the films, the characters speak English, which I had mentioned is called basic, and uh, instead of their, their native language, uh, though there are a lot of Ewokese phrases that are used in particular during this show, which are amazing and hilarious, and I wrote all of them down. I'm glad you did. The, the primary recurring villain was Morag, the Tolga Witch, who had a personal grudge against the tribe's shaman, Master Logre, and the Dulocks, a rival species that is related to the Ewoks, which look an awful lot like a Dr. Seuss Grinch. Interesting. So just kind of like a stretched out Ewok? They, they look like an elongated, more emaciated version Ooh. of the Grinch. Ooh, what it is? It's creepy. I gotta check that out. That they're in the terrible. they're in they're in the theme song every once okay. in a while. If you go back and you watch it, do you I watch the to? intro again. No, you don't watch. Please it. don't make me don't, do that. Don't 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 watch <laughs> it. It was so spooky. That's how I know that I've never watched this cartoon in my life because <laughs> that would have scarred me as a kid. I don't <laughs> ever remember hearing this song ever. If it would have just come up, I wouldn't even know what they were saying actually. But um, Sean, give us your thoughts on this one. If you want to give us the lyrics, you are more than welcome to. No, I, I really, I, I, this at theme a loss song. For word. No, it, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely literally. not at a loss for words on this. <laughs> I, I'm trying to pick my words very carefully. It's, it's mm. hard because, as, as Matt said, he was obsessed with Star Wars, and I, I know that I was too. This was, uh, Star Wars was a big deal for me, mm. even though I was only, you know, somewhere in the the range of you know, born to five years old when yeah. the, the final installments of the franchise came out. My dad loved these movies, and so he would take me to go see them. I, you know, I have very fond memories of watching them, you know, on, on television and him getting VHS tapes of them to watch. I, the day that my sister was born, my dad brought me to a department store, and we bought a Bib Fortuna action figure. Yeah. And that was his, he, my dad was really excited. He's like, you are now, you now have a little sister, you know, let's get, let's reward you with a Star Wars action figure, which is sure. very confusing. It's but good I'll, parenting, I'll, I like it. <laughs> but I'll take it anyway. So I have, yeah. I have such fond memories. And then in high school, when they, when they re-released, I, I waited in line. I skipped school to go wait in line and, and watch the re-releases. And I waited in line when episode one came out. So I'm so sorry. This was, I, you know, I'm. I saw it twice in one day. I saw the midnight release and then I saw it again at the 8 p.m. release that they had that was in Harrisburg. And it was the same theater, the exact same theater. And I sat in it twice within a 24 hour period to watch a movie that it could have, it's not my favorite Star Wars, but I was so excited to see it. And I was so happy about the energy that, that surrounded it that. It was just electric. Everybody that was there was there for, for one thing and one thing only, and they, they just wanted to be a part of that. And it was such a big deal because, like, I grew up with my parents having that energy, and my dad specifically, I'd never had a chance to go to the theater or really remember being in the theater and being present for that. And that was right. my first opportunity to really, to really be there and really connect with something that had been so pivotal 
for me growing up. Yeah, and that's your first theatrical experience and you're sharing it with everybody else who's either, right. you know, they saw it when they were younger and it was in theaters or it's their first time too. So that's a, that is a pretty cool experience. I just wish that and, first film was better for everybody out there. I know. And so what makes analyzing this theme song so hard <laughs> is because it's total garbage. It's really bad. And it feels it feels shitty to criticize a franchise that I love so much. But it, it makes is, the it makes the droids one look really good even though i still can't really remember it but it was at least in kind of the spirit of the star wars it, it kind of had that space fantasy element to it this one is just it's i, I don't it's even an, know how to describe it, it. it's, it's closer not- it's closer for me to like an hbo sort of show like i really kind of felt like it was um you know i i don't know who did the uh sopranos theme song but i kind of feel like you know how you sometimes hear about celebrities doing like a commercial for something really weird before they hit it big like this might have been you know this guy's first you know in the garage with a casio theme song that he puts out there and then like cashes in later but it was so (laughs) fucking weird it was just it, it was unrelatable to the show like i love i love that you just compared the ewoks cartoon theme song to not only the sopranos theme song but a song called Woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Um, but no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. This actually sounds like something that like Randy Newman could have done back in the exactly. day because it just has that kind of. Like, I also weird... want to say, Matt, you you nailed it. it in terms of Le- it, it really does sound like Leonard Cohen. Yeah. If you it, if you've so ever heard weird. Leonard Cohen saying, this sounds like it was sung by Leonard Cohen. Yeah. So it could have been like an early Cohen, uh, a mid yeah. Randy Newman who was just like, I'll just take your money. I don't care. <laughs> right. Or it, just it, some guy off the street. It's I, such a I, weird. Yeah, it, it's so weird. But my 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 big my big problem, I think, with it is that in terms of energizing everything, mean, you think you think Star Wars. What is one of the first things you think? Because because for me, it's the soundtrack. Yeah, it's John Williams. It's, it's that John that Williams, rousing orchestral, that, like a lot of energy. Uh, even even in the like, yeah, that that first blast when the marquee, you know, kind of opens up and you get right. the, the screen crawl, just like boom with the horns and then i mean even the imperial march has that driving energy there's never like a, a lull or like a this weird kind of baritone voice or anything that sneaks in <laughs> yeah. and this, this is it the sounds antithesis like want... of, of, of john williams of fucking everything uh, this, this isn't trash like want... this is the the water that drips off of a trash can this is like city drips <laughs> it's trash water it's music. garbage Scratch water music. We're I'm sorry, Dave. I, I, cut, I, I cut you off. You no, were no, it's not, I want to hear the National redo this song because it's like <laughs> the guy's voice from the National would just be fucking perfect for this. Like when they did the song for Game of Thrones, fantastic. I feel yes. like maybe they could nail the Ewoks theme song because otherwise it's just it's garbage water trash. <laughs> so and if bad. you if you just read the lyrics, like one well, of the choruses, okay, is may is, may, may I do it do it can. in the style that they they do it because. Because oh, I this was, is going to be great. I kind of <laughs> want you to just read just a chorus first. Just read it kind of straight. Sure. And then sure. if people don't have that the music in their mind, they might be thinking like, oh, okay, this sounds kind of, you know, kind of light, descriptive, cartoonish. And then you can deliver it the way it is delivered to us. Sure. I will yeah. do, you'd like me to do a chorus, right? Yeah, just, just, the, just that second just one, one we just, are. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, oh, the, uh, the, the verse. The, the, yes, uh, I'm we sorry, are, the verse. We are, we are brave. We are bold. Like our storytellers told, that we're strong and we will fight and we'll stand up for our rights. Now, 
for anyone who's been listening to the show for a while, you know, normally, you know, a verse like that will have electric guitar or possibly guitar and probably like laser blasts and a lot of like energy. Uh, I present to you Sean Paul Ellis's uh, classical rendition of Star Wars Ewoks theme song. May I, may I do one of the lines uh, before it from the, uh, from the chorus? Buddy, it's all yours. Because this is what you're hit with first. <laughs> yes. And it is so, it, oh, it is so laborious to listen to the, <laughs> to the whole theme song. And it's a minute. It's over a minute in length. I even cut this down. <laughs> I cut our lyrics down because I didn't want to repeat this fucking chorus more than once. <laughs> I know. So let me do the, I'm just going to do the chorus. I, I'll okay. do, the, do the one line of the chorus and then I'll do the verse. But here we go. Where the e e e e e walks, where the spirits of the forest moon. We are brave, we are bold, like our storytellers told. That we're strong and we will fight, we'll stand up for our rights. Where the e e e e shut the fuck up. I don't know what it's, choices were made in the like singing a, of the song. You know, and Sean, I've got to hand it to you. That was, like, really, really, really good. good. <laughs> we don't need the National to come in. Sean's got it locked down. It's just My that God. bad. It, it's like if you punched Michigan J. Frog in the throat and then asked him to <laughs> sing. It's fucking worse. <laughs> With his, like, dying breath. I think so, you'd have and, to run him over first and then yeah, still right. record his last song, well, and this was well, it. Matt, Dave, let, let me let me ask you both this: like, with the show, with the show that is taking place on the forest moon of Endor, with mm-hmm. all the energy and everything, the the lack of energy from this. I mean, even these episodes have a decent amount of of energy. Yeah. There's there's some, especially the episode that we watched her tonight. There is some action. There's some excitement. There is adventure, and it is it begins with this long drawn out song i mean do you feel that kind of having this set up at the beginning that this was a detriment yeah matt what was your reaction there bud yeah i mean it it was just so out of left field i mean yes you know and just thinking like just i mean take the ewoks out of it for a second um and just think of like forest moon of endor i figured it would have been you know something more like you know, orchestral or like, you know, not really to like the John Williams level, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Saturday morning cartoon level, but not like, you know, Leonard Cohen, like deep vocal, weird. It just, you know, it really, (laughs) it throws the show. It does. Like, I I thought, like you said, the forest moon of Endor, I expected something kind of like tribal, something kind of bouncy. Almost like, did you guys ever watch uh, the Tasmanian Devil cartoon show? Absolutely. Yeah. You know how that kind of had like an adventurous kind of sort Taz- of tribal... Ta- Tasmania? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how it had that like kind of quality to it though? It had that energy, it had that lift and bounce and it was very cartoony. I don't know where they came up with the idea for this theme song. Like I, I, the first time I had ever heard it was today and I, I sat there just kind of like <laughs> slack jawed and like open mouth. Like I, I had to look for different versions because I couldn't understand it. I had to look the lyrics up. That was my, and Dave, that, that, hits, that hits right at my, my biggest point for this, yeah. was upon my first listen, I did not hear them say the walks part of Ewoks. Well, it's because they have this weird dual track thing going on where uh, like the main guy who's singing just keeps saying E over and over again for about eight beats. 
and then somebody else fills in the Ewoks part. He never even fills that part in. It's like the a chorus behind him fills that in. It's one right. of the weirdest things I've ever heard on the show or it just in life. Yeah. It's so strange. 100%. It really just zapped all of the energy and excitement yeah. that I had for watching this show out of the room and then left you with a cartoon that you hope is going to stand on its own in order to, <laughs> to build you back into this wonderful fucking universe that's created that everybody loves. Yeah. Even when it's bad, bro, I'll still sit through Phantom Menace. Dude, I'm du- not, uh, what is it? Yeah. Duel of the Fates or Revenge of the Fates? What was, the, what was like Darth Maul's theme song from uh, episode one? I think it was the Duel of Fates. Duel of Fates. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic song. The, the, you know, the lightsaber battle against Maul. I love the pod racing scenes. I know I'm kind of in the minority on that. Uh, no, I, they were great. And I love the video one, game. Yeah, that, that video game is probably one of, between that and I think it was Getting Rogue at that at some Dave and Buster's? Hell yeah. Oh my God, it was so much fun. But the movie, ooh, for another time. But this song in the entire Star Wars universe, the worst fucking thing that ever existed. I'm going to say that right now. We haven't watched the rest of the, <laughs> the series for the month, so we might be getting off to a sour start, but this song is the absolute worst. It was uh, Darth Maul's theme song was Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. good. Yeah. Especially compared <sighs> to this crap. So this theme song really left a sour taste in my mouth when we it started lowered the bar, episode. for sure. <laughs> yeah, it just really lowered the bar for yeah, me. There was nowhere else to go but up from here. Um, so we are, today we're going to talk about, it was actually the last episode that was supposed to be written and aired for this series. It's uh, called Battle for the Sun Star. And like I said, it was supposed to be the last episode, but as networks have a tendency to do, these were aired out of order. So it was actually the second to last episode that aired. Uh, this was an episode unto itself. It was the full 20, 25 minute. Most of the other episodes were kind of split. They were, you know, like a 10 minute episode and then a commercial break and another 10 minute episode to, to finish it up. But this one was a full 20, 25 minute fun romp through the forest moon of Endor, through a star destroyer and through just outer space. What did you guys think of, just just give me your general reactions to watching this episode, uh, Sean? So I, I'm actually going to defer to Matt in a second, okay. because I thought that he had an excellent write-up when we were originally discussing this about oh, why right. this episode... This was, this was Matt's was, suggestion, or was this yours? This was Matt's suggestion, okay, yeah. Nice. So yeah, I should probably let him talk about it. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason why I really liked this one, um, and I did watch a, another couple episodes, like basically just kind of browse through them, but this is one of the ones, um, and I believe it's actually the only one that takes place anywhere other than Endor. And this one takes right. place on Endor, on a Star Destroyer, and in space. So yeah, you so it's really get, bases covered. Yeah. You really, um, you know, you get to see a little bit more of, um, you know, and I know we'll get to it in a second, but like a lot of the other, um, like, hallmark Star Wars features come up yeah. in this episode. Whereas in a lot of other episodes, it's all Ewoks all the time. Well, and I mean, that kind of makes sense for the show, too, because the Ewoks the are show. not like these, these space-traveling you know, humanoids. They're a fairly primitive race who is, you know, they're stuck on the ground in the trees, and they battle with rocks and sticks and spears and this Sun Star. It's like their main source of power for defensive and offensive weaponry. But So it, it kind of makes sense within the context of the show that they would just kind of stick to their, their planet, to the moon. Uh, so it's pretty interesting that we see kind of this crossover and they actually go into outer space and they go into a Star Destroyer <laughs> in a pretty interesting way. So, yeah, that was a good call, man. Uh, I didn't really even think of that thematically, how that would work, but it worked well, pretty well. I, I think one of Matt's 
greatest points that he made in in just sort of examining this episode for us and and helping us make this decision was you have a you have a classic character that is alluded to and never actually seen right oh yeah that we we have a chance to to talk about that we'll we'll get into when we we get into our episode discussion yeah, and we're pretty much going to jump right into it now, but there are... I know, that was a segue. segue. <laughs> I was just segueing it right into this episode. Segue. And uh, there's oh, also... There's kind no, of like, no, are you doing segue with the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars music? holiday special? I might be. <laughs> this is going to be uh, the worst life day ever. <laughs> yub I could just sing it with Sunstar instead, if you want. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. There's there's quite a bit to talk about in this episode. Now, Sean and I were kind of talking offline. Like my general response to this episode, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. And that unfortunately leaves us kind of in the position of what do we talk about for the next hour? Because normally, if if something is really really good, we have a lot of cool things to talk about with like you know X Men or uh, some of the other cartoons that we we get a chance to watch. Most of the time stuff is really bad and we just have fun kind of picking it apart and just saying like what were you thinking but this one (laughs) it it actually you know it's coherent for the most part it makes sense there's not a lot of super crazy things that happen but there's there's some fun stuff to be had too so i thought it was really good dave i will say this in in terms of a a narrative yeah this is this is a great complete narrative yeah we got paul dini to thank for that right paul dini you i mean this this really follows the logical you know the same thing happens every day until something else happens and as a result this new thing happens and then it, you know and then finally this and so yeah. it 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 makes sense and unlike it's... uh hulk hogan's rock and wrestling oh jesus yeah. christ <laughs> i'm just reminded of the complete non sequitur show that we watch for that and this is the, the exact opposite you know things that happen like sean said in in scene one directly affect and impact the decisions made in scene two <laughs> unlike the zombie filled theme park universe of hulk hogan's right. rock and wrestling nothing felt like an afterthought in this show and right. so you know, based on the, the the Hulk reference that you just made, hey, hey, Matt, would would you love to hear Dave uh do do like a Hogan impression with the the Star Wars theme music in the background? I don't even I know would how love I would to do, do that. that. <laughs> I don't even know what that would sound like. It would be like, yeah, brother, oh yeah, brother. Yeah, I don't. That might be worse than this theme song. It's probably worse, it's probably or at least worse. on so par. Let's, uh, at least on par. Yeah, I'll give you that. So let's get into this episode before I make an ass out of myself. Uh, so this one actually opens with a Star Destroyer that's kind of careening through space headed towards Endor. So for me, it was kind of reminiscent. Like if the theme song did not get me into the mindset of like, oh, I'm in the Star Wars universe, that Star Destroyer, you know, the ass end of it headed towards Endor. I was like, okay, now I'm back where I'm supposed to be. Because it, it was very <laughs> reminiscent of the opening shot from, you know, episode four from The New Hope. So we've got that, and then we jump right into this monologuing bad guy, so I wasn't quite sure where things were going to go from here. So we, we've got this villain by the name of Dr. Rhaegar, and I have no clue what he's supposed to be. I don't know what kind of alien critter he is. He's kind of a humanoid, but he's got this weird outfit headdress thing going on. Yeah. He's kind of just like a mad scientist at this point to me. I had no clue what he was doing. What, what did you guys think? Uh, I, or Matt, go ahead. Yeah, no, Matt, yeah. Oh, I was going to say that the thing that I really, it, it was, it was weird because this doesn't happen in Star Wars, but it happens in Saturday morning cartoons. But yeah, you know, he's the kind of like the evil scientist, like the hand wringing, like shrugged shoulders, e- like yeah. evil scientist, you know, who like is just totally fixated on one thing. 
and, and always monologuing by himself in a corner when no one else is around him except exactly. the, the viewing audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, I know in, in the original series, um, there weren't really like a lot of crazy costumes, um, but this guy's like outfit, I'll call it, is like science uniform or whatever you want to say. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty weird because like the shoulders kind of look like they have a cape, but they don't. So. It it was just, it was very cartoonish and not so much Star Wars ish. Yeah, you couldn't pick. You couldn't be like, oh, that guy's from this race from this planet. You were just like, it's just a weird guy who's obsessed with this thing called a sun star. And thanks for monologuing because yeah. now I know the exposition of what this entire episode's about. But uh, I thought it was interesting when one of the uh, the officers on board the Star Destroyer comes up. His name's Admiral Kaz, and he's flanked by two stormtroopers who look janky as hell they look <laughs> dirty they look rough they look kind of these guys have like not been polishing their uniforms at night before they go to bed i don't know what they're doing they're kind of <laughs> they look like just hastily drawn sketches as they march across the screen so not impressed by the stormtroopers but you know I do you, dave do you think that that's the star or this like the stormtroopers moral dilemma when they go at home like at night and they're like why why even bother doing this I, i'm gonna get blasted tomorrow yeah i can't <laughs> i can't shoot for shit yeah, they didn't even show me how to use the gun right <laughs> everybody looks exactly like me so they're not gonna miss me it doesn't really matter right i don't know i would love to see just like a day in the life of a stormtrooper diary i'd watch that oh, i feel like it'd be really sad it would be really sad actually yeah. i think we might we might get into that in some of the like the clone war stuff but uh for another day so. for another yeah. day so Suffice it to say that uh, Admiral Kaz does not agree with mad scientist Dr. Rhaegar because basically Admiral Kaz is like, he's more a man of, of science and, you know, rationalism and, and, and reasoning. He's like, this thing doesn't even exist. He's like, you want to go down to this forest full of teddy bears and grab a mystical stone? Like, I, whatever. And that's, that's what did not make any sense to me yeah. at all is the, the argument that Admiral Kaz is making that there's no possible way that this magic stone could exist in a universe where people can choke you out with their mind. I don't know. He may have seen some incredible things at some point. And, and maybe to us, it's a matter of perspective. Maybe yeah. traveling through space and, and doing all these cool things and, and seeing other planets, maybe they're just used to that and it's boring to them. But to us, or, or seeing somebody with force powers and a lightsaber, maybe that's... Uh, you know, passe to them. Maybe they've been there, they've done that. But for us to see this, I keep thinking to myself, yeah, there's probably a magic stone somewhere in this universe that's got crazy powers in it. Why not go fucking find it? Yeah. It's actually interesting that this is kind of like one of those things that is played out in the original trilogy. Not so much, well, a little bit in the, in the prequels. And it looks like it's going to be played out in the new trilogy as well. Sort of this disbelief in the force and the abilities that people who are force sensitive have to, to wield it. So this is kind of just like a quick reminder that, you know, Admiral Kaz is kind of just like this reasonable guy who does not necessarily <laughs> believe in all these kooky things. Plus, no, we don't know. He might be in the backwaters. You know, he's covering Endor of all things. So maybe he hasn't seen any real lightsaber action yet. He's just kind of in like hanging out by these forests <laughs> of teddy bears. And I mean, is remember in episode four, Han Solo does say, I'm paraphrasing, hokey religions are no match for a good blaster at your side. So you, exactly. I mean, you even get it there like... I mean, he didn't buy in, but I mean, I think, you know, Star, the Star Wars universe is kind of this, it's a constant balancing between like 
um, you know, I'll say the quote, like magic of Jedi versus, you know, the very real scientific yeah. and engineering abilities of like, you know, the Galactic Empire. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a nice little interplay, even though the doctor comes off just being sound like a crazy person because he's flying off by himself. Oh yeah, I don't even. Oh know, yeah, that guy's full guy? Why is he yeah. on the fucking ship to begin with? What does he do? What is the purpose of him being there in a in a crazy costume? That's never explained. They just kind of like introduce him. They show this this kind of disagreement between the two, and then he flies off to Endor, and that's where we go next, uh, because we we meet up with our title characters carrying Jing Jang berries up to the Gooba Bird nest, and now we get into kind of like Lucas's. I'm assuming it was Lucas. Some of his just like that's a hundred percent George Lucas. It's gotta be just like his, his these goofy words and the phrasing and just just to be clear, yeah, goobas are Pokemon because they can only say their own names, right? Uh, sure, yeah. The so they they Pokemon. shouldn't have thrown they shouldn't have thrown like a Jingjang Berry at it. They should have just thrown a Pokeball, thrown a Pokeball like a, like Cap- an Ultra Ball or something. Yeah. Ooh, good one. Yeah, just capture that. Actually, up. they should just club the birds over the head first and then just <laughs> scoop them up and stuff them in a miniature ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So just jamming body parts. I'm imagining one of those like oh, God, slamming the trunk closed on top yeah. of like you know an like, arm that's still hanging like a out. limb hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Pokemon is one of the most brutal shows ever devised. Jesus um, Christ! It's basically like uh, sanctioned animal fighting. We'll get into that <laughs> another time. <laughs> We're gonna have a PETA sponsored Pokemon month. Oh my God! Oh no! So did you guys catch why the Ewoks were carrying these? Uh, Galdang Jingjang berries up to the Gooba Bird Nest. I didn't really know why they were doing it. They were bitching I, and griping had, about it. I don't know why had, they were doing it. I had it. no. They they explained that they were doing it and that they needed to do it, like feeding and... the baby ones. I guess were they just feeding babies? Yeah, they were just feeding the the babies. So what happened to the the mother uh, Goobas? I don't know. That's did those. <laughs> I the only reason I'm saying this because I feel like the mother Gooba was in the trunk that you guys were just talking yeah, about getting slammed shut. I think she was just on a spit somewhere in like a like a camp. She was just rotating slowly on a spit, stewing in her own juices. Oh god. Delicious gooba bird. I really want to get into the delinquency of uh parental fig- parental forest animals on the forest moon of Endor as we much should. as possible to start this show out because it is a subject that I'm very serious about. And it's, that I uh, could seriously not give a fuck about. <laughs> parental <laughs> guidance is non-existent on this forest moon, whether you're a gooba bird or an Ewok. Yeah. It was so kind of get... hard to get like a scale of things too. Like I, so we're used to the Ewoks from the movies, but right. these particular Ewoks are actually like kid Ewoks. Right. right. So they're even smaller than usual, but you don't really have a sense of scale because you don't know how big anything is supposed to be. But Well, we, we should also mention that Wicket is yes. the main who is uh Warwick Davis in uh in the the live the action movie. movies. Yeah. Uh so uh you have a sense of scale and you you have a sense of of, of what that e- that particular Ewok looks like. Um so you might not have a an idea in terms of scale right now because there aren't humanoids that are standing next to them. Right. Um but you you have a little bit of an idea in terms of their size and and possibly how they relate relatively to to some of the other birds and and crap that's that's in the forest <laughs> and how they relate the first time around is they basically just get picked up by these birds and just knock down the <laughs> knock back down the mountain so it's just kind of like this silly little scene that opens things up and kind of reintroduces you back to the ewoks even though like we said that uh before that this is the last episode in the series so it's just kind of <laughs> this this funny little thing that sets up the rest of the episode 
if you weren't aware after 26 episodes <laughs> of what an Ewok does, let me remind you, Ying Yang Berries, Gooba, Gooba Birds. Birds. Got it. She, I wanted to ask, did either of you notice, I, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell, I, I listened to this several times, yeah. I, I couldn't tell if, there, if this was a sound effects or if this was a specific foley that they had. Oh, please tell me um, it's the same one I have. Go ahead. That it, every time an Ewok falls, yes. it makes a bone crunching, cracking sound? Oh, I had a fart noise. Oh, I thought it sounded like like a bone like crumpling. No, like, mine sounded like a fart noise because at one point like they throw them noise? in like a prison cell. It just sounds like all four of them are just farting when they hit the ground. <laughs> Matt, Matt, break the break the, the tie here. What what did you think it was? Honestly, I thought it was closer to fart noise, but Sean, Thank okay. you, I Thank 100% you, see where you're coming from. Okay. Either way, but it's terrible. Yeah, thinking thinking back to it, I'm like, geez, that is. Uh, it could go either way, but I'm going with fart. I'm gonna go and fart I, noise. And if you think to yourself, Sean, <laughs> don't get obsessed about this. This is something they're only falling once. No, they're falling the, the entire time. fucking episode. Yeah, all the time. Or being thrown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if it was, Sean, to your point, if it was bone crunching noises, then these things should just be like sacks of pulp by the end of this episode. <laughs> just it should shattered just be pelvises. Boneless, furry jelly bags. Now, if they're just farting all the time, then it's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm going to go farting all the time. Okay, but I caught that. I had to play it a couple times because they just they just kind of throw them in a corner and it's just like every time, <laughs> every time, little fart noises, little Ewok farts. God. All right. So at this point now, we we see our Ewoks and they are trying to basically what they've set up throughout uh, the first scene here. We've got uh, Wicket, and then we also have uh, the the princess, and her name is Nisa, spelled in yeah. the most asinine way I've ever seen. We've also got Tebow. Tim now, Tebow. Tim Tebow uh, doing a, a touchdown kneel. And then we've got Latara. So you've got two males, two females. And Yeah. Okay, they're little oh, Ewok yeah. teddy bear kids. Not Ewoks after dark. Not yet. Uh, Ewok so you, you cab confessionals. Oh, no. I'd love to see a little, like, Ewok pedicab, like a, uh, like a Flintstones mobile <laughs> to run by Ewoks. <laughs> That's so not the direction. The that's look, not the direction I, I thought you were going. Away from you heard petty, and your mind went terrible places. <laughs> no, no, that's actually. I just. I was. I was surprised and also delighted. I thought it was like he could get really dark and really, really graphic with this. I oh, could. he went the higher road. I chose oh, not good, to. Good, good for him. I chose not to get dragged down by that terrible fucking theme song. <laughs> so they they've set up this thing early on in this episode <laughs> where it's kind of like you should do good things, and then the people that you help out will in turn help you out at some point. So by doing good things, carrying these Jingjang berries up the Jidang mountain, they expect Gooba birds to be like thankful and just be cool. Instead, they basically throw them off the mountain. So they have this kind of little tiff between a few of them that are just like, oh, we're doing good stuff and not getting rewarded for it, so what's the point? Which leads to the next opportunity for them to do something good. Do you guys remember what happened next with this little pop bubble trap that's out in the middle of the forest? So they... they, they come across a purple. Yep. Which a purple looks like a goat with the little giraffe nubbins that are on top of its head, but it's the size of a goat. Yeah. Kind of like and a weird it, deer hybrid kind of looking thing. It's in something where it looks like a it looks like an igloo. Yeah. It looks like the Popomatic bubble from Trouble. From yeah. board game Trouble. It looks like somebody just made that into a trap. Right. But it kind of had like a, a like a cone like a like a suction snout yeah. that was coming out of the popomatic bubble and that's how 
things would get stuck into it. You'd get close to it and it would activate a vacuum and suck you into the Popomatic bubble. Yep. So that's when you know you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, this Perkle had been sucked up and, uh, you know, it was hard because at this point I hadn't kind of recognized, uh, like which, who was who, yeah, who was who it was, Latara. So, but it's Latara. It was so Latara. it was, it, Right, so it was Latara that gets uh, sucked up in there, and she is really giving Tim Tebow a hard time. You can tell Latara because she's kind of like super made up, like Ewok makeup, and she's real bitchy. So that's how they've decided to distinguish Latara. Got a lot of Ewok sass going on. There's a lot of sass. She's not even the princess. The princess is the nice one. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, she has to be. She has to be the, the person who is kind of guiding everybody. She's a moral compass. Yeah. You know, potentially for their tribe. And sure. Latara is like, oh, fuck it, I get to hang out with all these cool kids and True. do whatever I want. Latara's from oh. the wrong side of the tracks, maybe. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm just making <laughs> stuff up at this point. <laughs> wrong side of the trunk. Wrong side they of live the in trees. That's right. So they they go to rescue this purple. And, and Baron, do you remember what happens? Yeah. Um, I think it's Latara gets sucked in mm-hmm. to the right. purple. And then. Um, who was the one that tried to? Uh, Tebow tries to Tebow. help Tim her Tebow. out by getting, um, by putting a few drops of potion on top of the um, popomatic bubble. Yeah. But so at this he... point, now just to cut you off real quick, they've they've basically introduced magic, uh, just through like, oh, we got a magic potion. So by the way, there's magic. And I don't know what it was like for the episodes before it, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay, we got magic now. That's cool. So go ahead, Matt. Yeah, hard left, <laughs> but uh, yeah. so then uh, Tebow trips, um, you know, of course, fumbles, pun not intended, oh, uh, fumbles the um, <laughs> potion forward. It gets sucked in um, with uh, the Parkle and with um, Latara, and then it explodes in there, fills up the whole thing, and then the pop- top of it explodes <laughs> With the uh, Burkle and Matara flying out of it. And totally that's fun. the moment where I was like, this is going to, like, body parts are coming out of the top of this thing. Like, <laughs> nobody's coming out of this in a good spot. Lo and behold, everything was totally fine. Everything's totally fine. They more or less dropped, like, a bottle of nitroglycerin in there and everything was fine. Just blew the popmatic bubble apart. And and Latara had enough nerve, even after getting rescued from this, to be like, "Thanks a lot, Tebow." Man, she really does I, give him a hard time. Poor guy. She really. I, is, do you think? I think they're gonna think, end up. What do you think's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they got some. They got so. some adolescent like bullying. There's like some playground kind of yeah. sexy bullying that's going on there. Uh, definitely playground sexy bullying is what you want to go for in this cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So at this point, Dr. Rhaegar shows back up again, and he more or less just kidnaps the two uh, sexy playground bullying Ewoks. Of, well, my, uh, my, my favorite part about this yeah. is that he, he appears, he seems a little bit threatening and, and menacing. Yeah, well, because he shows up in like a fucking uh, well, <laughs> right. ATST looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have this. Well, he shows up, so he, ha- he has a robot with him, right. but he's like, like a big droid, around. like a, almost like a soldier droid kind of looking thing. Yeah. Right. But he's like flying around in the, the little thing that we've seen Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I was trying to pause <laughs> it and I was yeah. like, what is that thing? I was wondering where I saw that thing before. You nailed it. Yeah. So he's, he's flying around in this little capsule uh, and he, he hasn't really introduced or said anything. And so we've seen this a couple times where villains have the ability to sort of lie their way into what's going on. Yeah. And so 
they're the the new they're the new person in the neighborhood and so they can come up with any backstory they they want to and but they they get this bad vibe and 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 nisa just goes he's evil and he could have explained that away in any way shape or form and said hey i'm i'm not evil i'm just i'm i'm here to here to help with the deforestation yeah. on the on the you know the the forest moon he could have uh, he could have been linus his way out of uh out of the situation yeah right he yeah. could have done any could have done he's like anything. no i just landed in this balloon over here and i just need some help right he he could have created a persona to help him and aid him in this instead he just goes tell me where the sunstone is or i'll destroy them now and you're like what after he like grabs him up in like his pinchers of peril like his just grabs up nisa and i think tebow and then the soldier droids take him away i love that wicket tries to stand up for him though with his little like spear and some rocks and just gets his ass handed to him there's there's not even a not even a chance pretty great and then he straight up gives away the location of the tribe so remember that Rhaegar is looking yeah, for the Sunstar. Yeah, he rats them out. He super rats them out because he's like, oh, maybe this guy will just let my friends go. Nope. Super nope. bad guy. Not letting your friends go. So now you've ratted out the location of the tribe and you've lost your friend. Well done. So, so they, they yeah. all get kidnapped. They all four of them get snatched up and kidnapped. Now. Yeah. You think there's going to be like a rescue thing that happens at first? Because you think, you know, two of them are going to get taken away. No, the droids just snatch them all up and they throw them into a prison cell where they just fart on each other. Uh, <laughs> or get their bones crushed, depending on which folly you want to follow there. Right. So well, it's at this point. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Well, no, we're we're oh, introduced to we're introduced to our little buddy. Yeah, we got episode. a new character. Yeah. Who might be the most mysterious character of the bunch, which is strange. Yeah. He's an interesting one. He had a. I felt like he had such a rich backstory. I wanted he to did. know all. About I looked him, him up, and, and there was nothing on his his previous owner. There's nothing on his history. This is just uh, this is just gonna be a question for the universe that's never gonna get answered. Episode ever. So eight. <laughs> we were talking about there's a, a small droid that's named uh, the letters P D, who they call PD. Mm-hmm. He's PD twenty eight. And PD stands for personal droid, I believe. Yes. So he's like so, a little personal assistant, but he's this tiny he's little, little fellow. He's a little. He's a little fun guy. He's a little guy. He kind of, he kind of has the same colors and some of the same markings as R2-D2. Yeah, but he's uh, like almost like a little tripod. Right. Yeah. Teeny tiny guy. He's, he's super cute. helpful. Did you like yeah. him, Matt? Was he one of your favorite droids in, in Star Wars lore? Yeah, you know, the only weird thing about the PD-28, and I think it's actually pilot droid 28. Oh, was it? I saw personal droid for some reason. Because he was well, a pilot, I, too. Cause he's, yeah. yeah, and like, I mean, when we get to that part, like, when he yeah. identifies himself as the communication, or maybe I'm remembering it. Oh, but... nerds shot fired. He can be both. You can be a pilot droid and a personal droid. Okay. Yeah, personal droid sounds to... weird. It sounds like you know. I'm trying to incite something, and you're just shitting on me, Dave. Personal droid sounds too sexy for PD twenty eight. Oh, yeah. Droids after dark. He, you know, the, his eyes though, like the eyes of the robot. Like I couldn't figure out if they were like flat on the surface of the droid and then had like little things that moved around because like they in other scenes it looks like they were projections off of the surface and they moved around kind of like chameleon style but maybe that's just know, also that animated if it was something that was like better animated or like yeah, live action <laughs> construction i would have dug into that a little more but it was yeah some of this animation it's, it's kind of wonky it just kind of all blends in together um before we get into PD-28, I did want to mention again that Rhaegar is still monologuing at this point. He just rolls into this situation, 
and just delivers more exposition. He's like, oh, well, my trap didn't catch an Ewok, but it led me right to him. I'm like, you're, you're still, like, they're right in front of you. Yeah. They just heard what you said. You're just, you're still monologuing. You're still just giving random exposition to people who are just floating in the ether around you. So, I don't know. He's, he's a pretty classic villain that way. And he will continue to do so throughout this episode. <laughs> but at this point, he's headed over to the, to the tribe. And our buddies are stuck in this little fart prison. And they've made friends with uh, PD-28. Well, we have this moment, too, where as they are escaping, they are they're attempting to... As, PD-28 helps them escape. Yeah, and why? And why does he help them escape? <laughs> because he wants to find his master. He also is tired of getting picked on by these giant like soldier droids who are about yeah. 50 times bigger than him and just throwing him into walls. He did not make any fart noises when he, he did not. the <laughs> so, But they, they have this weird moment between Wicked and Petey where Petey is leading them out of this, this little base and turns a corner and sees one of these large bully droids and yep. goes, we, we can't go out that way. <laughs> and Wicked just goes, oh, Quark. And then he kind of looks at him and he's just like, what? What what does that mean? So I want to ask you guys, what do you think? Oh, Quark means in this instance. I'm assuming it's any of the four letter words. Yeah, that I've probably already dropped like fifty times on this episode, but now I feel mm-hmm. weird about saying it. Really? No, not really. Okay. Just choose your four letter word. Yeah. And it's like Quark, and there it is. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was interesting. I never thought that I would ever hear an Ewok expletive. Yeah, there it was. So, so Matt, hear- any many any ideas, or you want to weigh in on uh, what quark means? You know, Ewokies. Uh, you know, it's definitely like the you know the four letter word of the Ewok Ewok language. But PD twenty eight, like the way he says, "What does that mean?" Like cracked me up because he says it all like <laughs> sassy wise. He's like, "What does that mean?" You know? Yeah, very proper. Yeah. yeah, he was like very thrown by it. It was it was just a hilarious like. You know, obviously somebody just delivered that line wrong, but it just like fits with the scene really well. It's fun. He was he was cute though because like Sean said, he had kind of the color scheme of R two D two. He kind of had like the cuteness factor of R two D two, but then he had the conversational skills of a C three PO. So sometimes his yeah. dialogue kind of came off as stilted, but it was funny. So it was kind of a weird combination of the two, but I liked it. Yeah. So at this point, it's an inside job, uh, thanks to PD twenty eight, to get the Ewoks out of this uh, this this ship out of Rhaegar's ship. And they don't do it in the most conventional way. So they actually end up going to this transport capsule where I loved the kind of running gag that they kept doing with this. Latara, the bitchy Ewok, <laughs> as they were trying to get this thing, you know, fired up and ready to, to pilot away, she just sits on the control panel and her butt turns the transport capsule on and the thing just starts like flying chaotically through the forest. It, that was a fun little scene where, you know, like, birds and stuff are dodging out of the way and they're trying not to crash into trees and silly stupid stuff like that but i love that just latara's butt sitting on a switch just turned this thing on so that's pretty and they're they they say the line that they have is we're all gonna die yeah (laughs) okay nah you'll be fine guys way to go latara so you think at this point like okay now they have a shot to get back to the village in time to warn the village about Rhaegar, right you'd think that right but you'd be wrong because Rhaegar gets there first so this is the first time that we actually get to see the Ewok village. Like Sean said, it's up in the trees. And unfortunately, everything's pretty much made of wood and vines. So Rhaegar with his blaster pod, his, his borrowed Dr. Robotnik blaster pod, 
is just like laying waste to this place, just blasting holes and everything, and they're just throwing their rocks and spears, and he's just blasting them out of the sky and just kind of laughing until we get one heroic Ewok that steps in to save the day. Now, Sean, I didn't catch his name, but we know what he's wielding. Um, he... <laughs> he's wielding the Sunstar, because they say Sunstar about a dozen times yeah, just to make in sure. the course of... Ooh, it is overused. Just to make sure that this, uh, this, this like purple and gold egg-shaped thing, uh, just to make sure that they know that it's the Sunstar. Right. Yeah. So he's, so, just he's, to drive that point home. Yeah, drive that home. So he's this old Ewok's kind of holding this thing up and he's using it to like generate like laser blasts or whatever. But at some point he gets overpowered and, and uh, Rhaegar actually ends up with the Sunstar. And he takes off and he heads back to base and you think like, well shit, this is not going well for the Ewoks. So they do eventually arrive at the village but they're too late. So what, what Matt, what would you think is the next logical step for the Ewoks to do? <laughs> Well, I mean, it would definitely be to go after uh, Dr. Rhaegar. Yeah, without, like, a security team or trained fighters or adults. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably just I go mean, by themselves. No, seriously, just, like, I mean, just go back in the ship and just fucking figure it out, man. I mean, well, you know. No, I love the way that that They don't even have electricity. They've been, like, you know, <laughs> they've got it. Yeah, they got it down. Latara yeah. just sits their butt on the console again just takes off. That's what also, I love that, about the, this setup. Yeah. yeah, that and that scene, I love that they show up seconds after <laughs> Dr. Rhaegar leaves with the stone to warn them, and if I was, like, the chief of the village, I would have been like, yeah, thanks, we just fucking got blasted, you know. <laughs> yeah, we just got our asses handed <laughs> thanks to Thanks for us. the warning. Guys? Right? Yeah. No, and I love that, it. That, yeah. was, that was Low Gray. The, that was the, the older, the, the chief? Yeah, yeah, that was the older the, guy The kind of wizard, it. basically? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... So the kids show up and they, they warn the adults, well, too late, but they tell them what happened. And then they have this running gag again where Latara sits back on the console and it like locks the shuttle down and it launches it back into space. And they're like, well, shit, Latara, like we could have let the soldiers on board. So we actually had a fighting fucking chance of going up against these guys. So they're like, let's turn it around and go back and actually get the soldiers. This is when PD, which at this point, I think he introduces himself as pilot droid. Is this when he introduces himself? Um, yes, when they're approaching the Star Destroyer, right? Um, and they ask him to radio in, yeah. Yeah, and he's basically like, look, we can't turn back. Like, we've got to go get this guy now, or that's it. So they do actually address kind of the mistake that happened, and then the fact that they lost time. So they do pay attention to these details, which is actually pretty impressive for, <laughs> for this level of show. So that was pretty right. good. Right. So now, if you've been paying attention, we are leaving the Forest Moon of Endor, and we are taking teddy bear Ewoks into space, which is pretty great because I don't think that's ever really happened before. So you now get to see Ewoks just kind of like wander through uh, a Star Destroyer, but not in, in zero gravity. In zero gravity first. Too, yeah. Zero gravity first. I don't think they like that too much. They were a little no, nauseous. Oh, no. no. You don't want Ewok wanted, chunks all over the inside of your see, capsule. I wanted to see Tim Tebow throw up in zero G. I was, fingers crossed, did not happen. No, we didn't see any Ewok puke, unfortunately. Dis dis it just would have been a lot of, like, leaves and berries, I think, don't you think? Yeah, it could have been a bunch mm -hmm. of, uh, whatever the, <laughs> the, the Jingjang berries that they... The Jingjang berries and Gooba Bird eggs is probably their breakfast of champions there. Oh. Ooh. So, they show you, up on the... Every time you say yeah. Jingjang berries, I just keep thinking manga melons, and I, like, I'm trying not to say it. It, <laughs> it does no, kind of have a monkey bird. It's a totten monkey bird. <laughs> I miss that show so much. Um, so before we get to see Ewoks dancing around and strutting their stuff through the Star Destroyer, 
we actually have a bit of a sacrifice play on the part of PD28. You guys right. remember how this played out? Sean, walk us through what uh, PD28 sacrifice was here. Are are you saying about the just sort of about his his story, just about No, so so basically, I mean, we can get into his story too because it's never fully explained. Um you want you want to give PD28's background and then I'll walk us through kind of like the sacrifice play he makes once they actually land uh in the Star Destroyer. Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Uh I mean, I, I he he mentions that, you know, he had a he, I think we mentioned this early in the episode that he has a master that he he's looking forward to. He'd like to get back to that master, um, which we we and, don't know who he is. Yeah, and they they never explain who he is. But there's this he kind of you know they give him a couple seconds to kind of talk about himself, and it's this really sad robot story where you you sort of really empathize with him for a couple seconds, and you you want him to not be a part of the Imperial Army anymore. It kind of sucks for him. Yeah, and he admits that he was actually, you know, stolen from his master yeah, by Rhaegar. Up. So right. he's in service to Rhaegar, which actually plays into what PD-28 does next. So he tells the, the computer who is asking for his, you know, his credentials and what the shuttle is doing there at the Star Destroyer. He says, I'm PD-28. I'm oh, Dr. Yeah. Rhaegar's droid. I'm returning to his service. I escaped the Ewoks' captivity. Well... He gets cut off by, I believe it's Admiral Kaz at this point, who's giving him kind of the third degree and is like, well, any self-respecting Imperial droid would not have allowed himself to be captured by EOX to begin That's with. That's right. So we are going to send you to be recycled. So these big bully droids just kind of grab him by the head and they start taking him off down the, down the hall to be recycled. So now we've got these EOX that are set up, but they have a two-prong mission. Two of them have to go off and rescue PD-28 from being scrapped. And two of them have to go off and find the Sunstar and prevent Dr. Rhaegar from doing whatever the hell mad scientist stuff he plans to do. So this is where we have a split up. And the guys, the teams have two very different ways of handling things. Uh, the funniest one, let me see, who, who was this one here? Who was the one that dressed up like droids? Do you guys remember uh, which was, uh, ones they uh, were? Latara uh, and Tebow, Tim okay. Tebow. So those two dressed up like droids to like kind of hide in plain sight because they're tiny little things. They look kind of like you know, power droids or just some sort of like astro well, actually, droids or something. They were they were dressed what they say, um, blockhead droids or something like that? They were dressed like droids, but they were attempting to go get the sunstone. Okay, so or they some, were, after they were the I'm sorry, uh, yeah, they were trying to go get the or the Sunstar. So they were going after um, Rhaegar and the other team was going after right, PD. Which is cause they have this moment where they get into Rhaegar's uh, chamber lair. where suddenly Rhaegar has been he's been monologuing the entire time and we gotta talk about his plan because it makes zero oh, sense boy yeah and so he gets to this point where you know he's been monologuing for for so long and these two Ewok dressed up as droids wander in and he just kind of reveals it and just goes you know something to the extent of or your Ewoks dressed like droids and then they just kind of start you know attempting to bum rush him to grab the to grab the Sunstar again. Yeah, they basically walk in and he's just like, uh yeah, you're not fooling anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty it's obvious. The worst. But he's like, but to reward your perseverance uh and terrible fashion sense, I'm just gonna tell you my entire plan. <laughs> right? Which makes zero sense because So what was his plan? Well Matt, do you remember his plan? So originally um when they go into the lab he's in, he's putting the Sunstar in uh into like a gun. Like a a big kind of like you know yeah like a big deck gun on a ship yeah a yeah. big deck gun which which really kind of threw me at that point because we already know that the Sun Star is in fact basically a gun like it was yeah. shooting energy already so why the need for the other gun 
but the plan was uh, originally, um, I believe he was going to give it to the Emperor, which, you know, that was right. the person we mentioned earlier. Who's um, now on the way to the Star Destroyer. Right, exactly. Um, but then he decided that why should he give it to the Emperor when he can just destroy the shuttle with this gun he is building and become the Emperor himself. Yeah, so here's where Rhaegar's plan kind of falls apart for me. Not only is he monologuing this whole thing, he's kind of going through this weird, like, power, you know, come to grips with this power of just like, oh, I could just become the Emperor as he's talking to no one. The weirdest thing is this is a universe that exists maybe, what, 20 years, 10 years after the first Death Star was operational and maybe just right. a few years before the new Death Star is operational. And he says that he's going to make a, the mightiest weapon that the universe has ever seen. So he's going to take this little stone and he's going to put it in some sort of refined gun that is somehow going to be more powerful than the planet-destroying Death Star. That just made zero sense to me. Uh, maybe he was just, you know, uh, in awe of his own power with this thing? I have no clue. But either way, it didn't work too well. And I Just shake, shake my head. And I love the fact that he has these two little Ewoks and he could just, you know, snap their necks or blast them with the Sun Star, <laughs> whatever he wanted to do. Just throw them into a corner and listen to their bones crumple. Whatever. He decides to like put them in this weird or fucking adorable like, little fart sounds. Yeah, the little fart sounds. He decides to just put them in this weird little like bubble missile and just launch them into space so he can use them as a target practice for his brand new weapon. Just everything fell apart for Rhaegar. Everything fell apart for Rhaegar. Do you guys want to finish up with what happened to Rhaegar here or do you want to take a little side trip and go see what's going on with PD-28? Let's side trip it with PD real What's quick. going on with PD? So PD is... Getting ready to be recycled. Yeah, he's strapped down to a conveyor belt, ready for the scrap. Right, yeah. right. So we have, uh, we have Wicket and we have the princess. We have Nisa come in and they, they rescue him. And in the process, they, they knock one of the other bully droids onto the conveyor belt. Yeah. And he gets totally demolished and he scrapped just, just and turned into a, a tiny, <laughs> tiny little recycled cube of a robot. Pretty brutal. And so that, that sort of sums up the, the, whole, the whole arc that they have with him. I think they also throw in uh, one of their Ewoks catchphrases at that point. Yeah, I didn't catch most of those. I it was the, uh, the, the Bachiwawa sure. that they say. Isn't that a game times? you play on like the beach? That's Bachi. Oh, okay. I don't even think, you don't play that on a beach, you play that on a Bachi court. Well, I play at a, at a Wawa that's on the beach. <laughs> so, my Bachiwawa. <laughs> oh, boy, Dave. <laughs> Um, so no, they, they, they go through this whole thing and then they, um, they end up coming back, uh, and they, they are running from, this is what was sort of confusing. There are these moments where they are, we have Wicked and we have Nisa and Petey and they are running from this gunfire and they, and Petey sort of stops for a minute and, and they are, people are still shooting at them and they stop to like talk to Petey. (laughs) It's as if we were running from somebody shooting us. And we stopped and we were just like, hey, is everybody okay? Should we, we still just double check on we this? Keep running. Should we just double check on this? Just real do quick? a head count. Everybody got everybody? their buddy. Baron, you okay? Everybody? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay, cool. All right. We should probably start running. Yeah, just keep cool. running. Yeah, keep running. It was kind of tough to see exactly what was going on in this, but, you know, obviously eventually everything kind of works out okay. Um, yeah. So PD's okay. He's rescued from the conveyor belt uh, before he gets turned into a cube. Uh, Rhaegar kind of shoots himself in the foot. Um, is it Wicket who attacks him? Yeah. Yeah. Wicket like fucking launches sky high over the like Sunstar blast or whatever is being fired at him and surprises Rhaegar and just like tackles him into the control panel. 
which there's always a control panel with a giant lever that's like aiming your mega weapon, right? Yeah. So he knocks him into that. That causes the thing to like short circuit and fire prematurely, <laughs> just barely missing uh, the other two Ewoks who are floating in a space missile bubble and clips the wing of the Emperor's shuttle. Causing the Emperor's shuttle basically to like freak out and say, we're taking heavy fire. They turn around and go back to wherever they came from. And it also alerts the bridge on the Star Destroyer. So they know that somebody on their own ship is now shooting at the Emperor. And it doesn't take long for the stormtroopers to show up and drag Rhaegar off into custody. So he's neutralized. The Ewoks have kind of like escaped under the radar and they've got Petey and they're going to head back to the uh, back to their shuttle. And Sunstar in tow. And yeah. So they did it. Ewoks got it back. So they did it, you guys. They did it. And then the funniest part, Matt, do you remember what actually happens to Rhaegar? We don't see what happens, but it was actually kind of more intimidating to learn what is in store for this guy. Yeah, um, so Admiral Kaz uh, charges him with high treason. Um, Dr. Rhaegar says, like, what are you going to do to me? Like, and uh, so Emperor or uh, Admiral Kaz says, oh, you're just going to go with the Emperor and he's going to punish you himself. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty terrifying. Just be like, oh, yeah. go on this Emperor shuttle who you just tried to assassinate. Good luck. That I doesn't. Like ha- it's missing part of its wing. Yeah, but yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, the I board know, can a giant fly. Star Destroyer. Yeah, but the board can yeah. fly a giant cube through space, so I think it's okay. Okay. I think they'll be all right. Makes sense. That's the same universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, God, we're going to get so much You're hate mail for that. I'm kidding. I Guys, so. settle down. It's all right. So the Ewoks, they end up piloting their little shuttlecraft back to Ewok Town. I don't know what the hell the name of this place is. Controlled by butts, that little shuttlecraft. It's still controlled controlled by butts. butts. Controlled by butts. You fly by Ewok butts. It's a touchscreen. And then they actually get kind of rewarded when they get back there. Wicket, this entire time, he didn't want to be carrying Jinjang berries or whatever they were. He wanted to be working on, like, his scout's badge, basically. He wanted to, like, add, add stuff to his belt to become, like, a warrior. I guess he's training to be a warrior. It's never really explained. I'm assuming it's carried throughout the rest of the series. But, Sean, do you remember what they give him for uh, his, his hard work? Yeah, they give him, like, parts of a droid, Yeah, they give they? him enemy droid parts just clipped yeah, like to his discard- belt. Which <laughs> discarded just like, par- yeah. Discarded parts just of a droid, which, droid were trash. A, which were, like, all in, in size, they were a third of his body Yeah, they were bigger than his leg. Yeah. They look like pieces of, like, a Swiss army knife, but about, like, three feet long. And had to weigh probably like a hundred pounds. Oh yeah, I'm sure. So well, he's, he's just carrying he's just carrying them in tow on his body like it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wicket's a strong little guy. Ah, uh, it was impressive. We also have a we also have a little bit of romance that happens at the end of this episode. Oh, walk us through it. Yeah, we have a moment where Nisa and Latara they give Petey a little kiss. Yeah, and if do. you were thinking to yourself, can robots blush? Oh yeah. Turns out they sure can. Turns out they can. <laughs> Probably the weirdest, weirdest ending to an entire series ever. Meanwhile, Tebow's just crying in the corner of a trunk over there somewhere. Poor little guy. This is making more gummy berry juice. He's oh fine. no, God, that is a that is a visual. Uh, so at oh, this point, no. at this point, Petey actually pieces out. They're like, "Hey, man, do you want to stick around? Just hang out with us?" Which I thought was cool. Like, "Hey, have a little droid around. He can probably fill you primitive assholes in on some things." <laughs> no, he's like, "I'm just gonna go fly back to my mysterious owner if I can find him." So he well, just he takes just off. an entire he galaxy off. worth of planets. Yeah, exactly. No clue where he is, where he came from. We never learn. So if any of you guys out there know where PD28 came from or is headed to, please let us know. Guys. 
Just always remember PD. PD28. Never forget. Never forget. I really hope he shows up in like episode at seven, eight, or nine. I don't know. I, I will lose my mind. I'll lose it. I'll have a fanboy <laughs> moment. PD28. <laughs> What's he doing? Speaking of fanboy moments, before we get to our reviews tonight, uh, do you guys have anything else from this episode? Matt, I want to start with you. You know, uh, starting after the theme song, um, the <laughs> the episode, I mean, it, it was, it really kind of like brought back a lot of the, you know, like kind of childhood Star Wars memories for me. Like, um, you know, before you like understand more about like science or technology or anything like that, you were really just, you know, so deep into the story of it all. It was, I mean, it was a lot of fun to watch it again even though there were some cringe-worthy moments. Cool, and we'll, get, we'll come back around to uh, you know, recommendations if you think it should be rebooted too. But uh, Sean, anything else from this episode? Or uh, just kind of give your, your quick rec. There was, there was one Ewokies moment that they say that I believe was pretty early on where the, the phrase was, uh, Mikai ung ah. And I have no idea what the context was. I think I just had that for when... dinner the other night. <laughs> oh, womp, womp, womp. Sorry, guys. But yeah. Oof. So that was... <laughs> did you go to the Forest Moon at Endor to get food? Yeah. No, I did take did out. You did, you get, did you get Gooba? I just did. Yeah, I did Gooba take out, eggs? though. Nice. I just cracked a big Gooba egg over like a, a bowl of steamed rice. It's really good. Yeah. Just I swing get it by. in ramen swing by your local spaceport. Decadent. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's it for me. I just I was fascinated by all the Ewokies that was throughout here, and just how they the the Bai Chihuahua was kind of like their whoa, whoa. kind of phrase. Like their it, yeah, yeah, and it sort of reminded me of like at that point in time, like the the Hachihuahua, like is I think uh, a basic phrase that people would have <laughs> people would have potentially said, and so it's it's weird to see maybe just culturally how they just shifted. Just slightly just to, to accommodate a couple yeah, consonants. A I'm actually yeah. fascinated by some of the user reviews that have been posted online. Uh, we're going to get to a couple of them tonight because I find them delightful. Sean, I think you have the first one that's up here. Yeah, I do. Walk us through it. So we have a, the title is A Magic Series. And the author is, I feel like I'm ratting this guy yeah, out. Yeah, just first name is fine. Let's do it. It's by Glenn. So let me read this verbatim. To the best of my And this ability. comes from 2006, too, so he put some time into this review. Yeah. This guy was, this guy was sitting on this egg, waiting until it digitally hatched <laughs> in, 20, in the 06. So, uh, this series has a depth and innocence so absent in popular media these days. I loved every episode. Correction! Of the first season. The second season was created by some evil twin and was unwatchable. Or maybe it was the other way around. For content and story, this is easily on of the best animated series ever made, far better than anything George Lucas ever put out. The animation itself isn't Pixar quality, but for substance and story, this series has something unique. The Star Wars series I have completely forgotten, but the Ewok series I will always remember. Thank you to all the creative minds that went into this series. You know what? Also, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. What a thank great you, review. Glenn. I'm so wow. confused by it, but what a great review. I want to know how you can correct yourself with four exclamation points after you have made 
two statements. And then completely and, reverse yeah, everything. Yeah, and I was going to say, and reverse it yes. a mere seven words later. Or maybe the other way around. Good Glenn, job, Glenn, as a yeah, human together. being, you are a terrible conversationalist. Glenn, you had 20 years to get your shit together. Get your shit together, on, Glenn. Glenn. Well, if that wasn't fun enough, we got another review from you guys tonight, so uh, Baron's going to take this one on. And this review was actually lots of fun, authored by Briarski. Many Star Wars fans do not like the Ewoks, but I have yet to understand why. I think that they are great, and I wish I owned one of the stuffed animals. This TV series of the furry creatures was fun to watch. I work at a video store, and I put in the episodes we have on tape. The kids just love it. It's a lot like the Smurfs. Hey, anything Star Wars is the best. Is the best. So there we go. Uh, from Glenn and Briarski, two of the biggest fans of Star Wars Ewoks. We love you guys. If you're out there listening, just let us know. Give us a heads up. Uh, and please don't come to my house. So <laughs> let's, let's go recommendations and uh, whether this should be a reboot. We're going to do a two for one here. So Matt, would you recommend that uh, the listeners out there check the show out? And do you think it's deserving of a reboot? Let's start with you, bud. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, definitely watch it. Um, you know, if you feel so inclined to watch the entire series, be my guest. Um, but it's fun. You know, it's kind of a, you know, a, a, a kitschy show. Um, I mean, I, I definitely had fun watching it, with the exception of the, uh, the theme song, of course. Um, reboot? I would love to see, um, like, a reboot, not of this, sh- this show, like, per se, where, like, mm-hmm. the Ewoks are, like, the main characters as they were, but, like, if you could do a reboot that was, like, heavily Ewok-involved, kind of, like, think about, like, an Endor campaign between the Empire and the Rebellion. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Okay. So where the Ewoks are there, and they are kind of, like, a, a central and part they're of like, the plot? They're like, yeah, like a main part of the plot. Like, definitely, right. you know, heavily involved, just not... Just the them doing trade negotiations. Just not them just you know, feeding Google trade birds. Trade negotiations, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no trade negotiations. <laughs> the Ewoks. More trade negotiations. Uh, Galactic C-SPAN. Sean, what about you? Uh, do you recommend this one? And do, what do you think about a reboot? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking out at least one episode. This uh, one? I'll throw it, I'll throw it out. Maybe not this one. Okay. Uh, this one was interesting. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Uh, but again, you know, like you mentioned uh, earlier, Dave, like this really fell into that range of it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Yeah. It was it was good. And it's in the Star Wars universe. And I love that. So for that alone, I'm going to say check out one episode and see if you enjoy it and then, you know, proceed from there. Cool. Regarding a reboot, I don't think it needs a reboot. I'm we're you know, we're we're building momentum and excitement for, you know, the upcoming episode seven. And so I, I think. I think from this point forward, I'm kind of curious to see the the additional universe building that they do from these new series of movies. And so, you know, there are there are already so many spinoffs that are that are happening from the from the main films to begin with, and they're going to be live action too, which is which is great. I'm I'm curious to see if they do do a children's cartoon. And plus, we also have some Star Wars cartoons that are uh, currently on the air. Right. So, uh, and we'll get into them and then the following weeks so it's it's good to see that there's still a lot that's out there and they're still building this universe uh and they're still having a lot of fun in it so i think i'm gonna firmly and say without any doubt that this does not need a reboot gotcha. but i do want to find a tape 
of the guy who did this theme song and i want his greatest hits i think this is it the one hit wonder that's that's all i want to that's all i want to listen to. we can dig into that a little bit more for the rest of my life that's all i want to listen to is that awful garbage it's real bad garbage hey dave how you how how you feel about this one Uh, i would i would say check it out especially if you're excuse me especially if you're a star wars you know super fan but maybe you haven't you don't remember this one or you didn't get a chance to watch it i'd say seek it out but as far as a reboot goes uh, I liked Matt's idea of maybe having like a, a central campaign take place on Endor, but I'm leaning more towards Sean's point where the, the new episodes are kind of taking us different places. They're introducing new characters. So anything that will happen in the future will probably come from the new universe. I don't know if they're going to revisit a lot of the Ewok stuff. That being said, there were plans a few years ago to kind of team up. I think it was Stupid Buddy Studios, so kind of the Robot Chicken guys with Lucasfilm and obviously Disney to develop a, uh, a lighthearted kind of kids silly slapstick cartoon called Star Wars Detours. And it was actually supposed to take place, you know, on the Death Star, on, uh, a bunch of different places. But it was super, like, cartoonish and just really silly. And they had, like, Darth Vader doing slapstick stuff. And it really rubbed me the wrong way, man. So I'd rather see nothing rebooted than something like that. And that's just kind of maybe not the purest in me, but I think... Star Wars Ewoks existed in the 80s. That was fine. That's probably where it should stay. So I think that's about it for that one. Uh, it's, it's that time again, kids. We're going to talk about our plugs and uh, let the folks out there know what we have coming up in the next couple of weeks. So since the entire month of December is now ahead of us, Mr. Matt Barron, thank you again for joining us. Do you have anything coming up in the next few weeks that you'd like the listeners to know about? Uh, it's going to be a slow slide toward my childlike glee to see The Force Awakens come out in, like, it's like three and a half weeks now. Yeah, not even, like, two and a half, yeah. Yeah. And so that's pretty like, much, so, like, the next so, three weeks of my life. Okay, cool. So viewers should look, look forward to a slow <laughs> slide into childlike glee from Matt Barron. Yeah. I like that. How about you, Sean? Do you have a slow childlike slide something? <laughs> oh, he's got a slow childhood. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to be doing a smattering of shows in the the month of December. I'll put all the dates and the times since they vary throughout the month. I'll be performing as a part of Washington Improv Theater's Seasonal Disorder Run. So just have a lot of fun stuff that's going on. So if you're interested in seeing some live improv comedy and you're in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area, please come and check it out. You can find more information at witdc.org. And you can also find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh, at and Sean you can find Paul Matt Ellis. Barron on Twitter at Bag of Sandwiches, and I don't think that'll change. Which is the best? You sure can. I don't think that'll change anytime soon, unless Star Wars comes out with something super cool that he wants to change it to. But uh, at Bag of Sandwiches for right now, you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Claw MD. You can also find my handiwork over at Collider.com. We've got a shitload of Star Wars coverage. Pretty much everything that comes across the airwaves, we cover it. So if you were curious about all the stuff surrounding Star Wars: The Force Awakens. It is on Collider.com. Just take a look over there and you'll see my name pop up all over the place. I also do written recaps each and every week of shows like The Flash, Arrow, and The Walking Dead. So you can check those out as well. If you're interested in finding out more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can do so at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork over at our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. We got a Facebook page. We got a YouTube account. You can also download the podcast each and every week through iTunes and Stitcher, and you can always send us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. If you liked our first coverage of Star Wars cartoons here for the uh, month of December, you're going to love next week. We've got Star Wars Clone Wars coming up. 
uh, looking forward to that one. Sean, do you have any extra info on that one? Because I think, isn't this one that has kind of like two iterations of it? There, there are two. There was the early 2000s right. on Cartoon Network for Jendi Tatarski, who did The Clone Wars, which is excellent, but we're not reviewing that one, actually. We're going to be doing the later 2000s. Uh, it's the CG animated gotcha. version of it. So we're going to be getting into, into that with some, uh, some more friends of the show. So we're excited to have Tony Lazzaroni and uh, Mike Visser will both be returning. Uh, to talk a little bit more about the Clone Wars, which Mike could not have been more excited about because the second we talked to him about this, he's like, I've seen every episode. I can't wait to do this. We're like, yes. We're just going to yeah. let Mike take over. It's going to be a, think a of Mike Visser takeover special next week. Couldn't think of a better person. <laughs> well, I so. couldn't think of a better person to have on this episode than our own Mr. Matt Barron. So once again, sir, thank you for joining us and for suggesting this show and episode. So thank you very much. Always a pleasure. That'll do it for us and Star Wars Ewoks. Do yourself a favor, never listen to that theme song again, but always listen to us here at Saturday Morning Cartoons. We will talk to you guys (laughs) next time. Thanks.